Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864 864- Two eight eight one six two six, or you can connect with us through our website, hope at crossroads dot org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Good morning, Crossroads family. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us, we're especially glad to have you with us. I see some. Familiar and some new faces. So if you're visiting with us, we are glad you're here. Jonah chapter 1. We're going to go Old Testament. So if you want to go be turning to that, Jonah chapter 1. If you are visiting with us, stop by and see us at the back and grab a goodie bag. Is our way of saying thank you for being here. And uh, we would just love to uh, honor you today. And uh, also just really quick reminder, tonight at 5 as... Uh, Joey reminded us, Michael O'Brien, that love offering that we will be taking up will be going toward our building uh, program, uh, thanks to our sponsors for covering the concert tonight, so we'll be passing the plate to take up a love offering for our building program, and right after small groups this morning at 11.45, uh, some people said, please stress that because our, our Sunday school teacher sometimes gets a, lot, a little long-winded, I'm not going to give any names of who it's who that was, uh, but I'll generally point in the direction of who that person, no I won't, I don't even want to do that. 11.45, we'll meet right out here, just inside the fence, and a break ground, you'll see a little Tonka truck that's still out there in the children's playground has already started, that uh, shovel, and uh, getting us ready. So it's going to be an exciting day as we break ground and uh, get ready to see what God is going to continue to do in the life uh, of our church Uh, Jonah is up here on display, and uh, you can be sure to thank our friend Jared Simpson, who played uh, the violin during Christmas and has been visiting with us. He's sick today, uh, but he's painted several scenes in uh, the book of Jonah that we will add to the platform as we go through this book. Quite the artist, quite the artist, and we're grateful for God sending him our way. Uh, as, as if I can say this real quickly, we have, we have many talented people in the life of our church, by the way. Wow. I mean, you guys are incredible. I mean, we have people who can cook. Let's just praise Jesus right now for that. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, we have people who can cook. We have people who do carpentry. We have people who can paint. We have people who can do art. And uh, we have one other artist that is a part of our church family, Matt. Corby, who designed our church t-shirts that you can pick up this morning. Again, 100% of that goes to the building campaign. But he came up with these logos, Serve, Shelter, and Support, which is our mission statement. So if you want to walk around and let people know and and them go, Serve, Shelter, Support, what is that? You can say, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about a group of people who loves to serve, shelter, and support. And you need to come be with us. It's a great witnessing tool. So Jonah chapter 1. I don't know if you know much about the uh, book of Jonah uh, or a, a, anything about its history, but uh, it has been argued. Some people think Jonah was a made-up story, a fiction story. Some people think, you know, there's different thoughts. Jonah is a real, was a real person. 
He was a historical figure. And if you want to read more about his life, you can go back and look in the book of 2 Kings. I think it's chapter 14. He was real. Jesus even mentions in the book of Matthew, he refers to Jonah. Jesus would not refer to a fictional character. He refers to Jonah when he talks about the fact that he's going to be in the grave uh, for three days. He refers to much like Jonah who was in the belly of the fish. So Jonah is a real person. And there's a lot that we can learn from uh, Jonah and his life. And uh, we are going to take probably the next three or four weeks actually just in chapter 1 because there's so much stuff to see in Jonah. So let's uh, read it together. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You're going to be shocked, but that's as far as we're going to go this morning. I know that that shocks you. But we're only going to look at three verses because there's plenty in those first uh, three verses. And... uh, Jonah is told, we we read in the first verse, that uh, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, you might not know Amittai. I had to do a little research. His father, his father's name, Amittai, actually means truth, God's truth. So here we have this guy born of a person whose name means God's truth, share God's truth, And God has given, the word of the Lord has come to Jonah and given him some instructions to do exactly that. To go and share uh, his truth. And the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. And it made me start thinking, as you know by now, I I, I think a lot when I read uh, the Bible. I, I started thinking, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. God speaks to people. Do you believe that? God spoke in the Old Testament. God spoke in the New Testament. God speaks in 2023. He is not silent. He has not quit working. He is always working. Even when it seems like He's not working, He is working. And God speaks to us. And He has something for us to say. Now, how how does God speak to us in 2023? God can speak in a, a number of ways. God speaks through His Word. Primarily, God speaks through people. God speaks through prayer. So we have at our disposal resources that we can use and we can tune into to hear God's voice and to hear Him speak to us. But oftentimes, I know you're not guilty, this is just me. Oftentimes, I don't use those resources like I should to be able to hear God speaking. And sometimes life is so noisy, we don't hear God speaking. Our lives are so noisy, but God is still speaking. He is speaking today, and He was speaking then. And the Word of the Lord comes to Jonah and speaks to him in a unique and powerful way. And any time God speaks, by the way, God is specific. Somebody's asked me many, many times, I've had this question, how do I know if it's God speaking or if it's... The bad pepperoni pizza I had last night. How do I know the difference? 
Well, God, when God speaks to us, God will never tell us to do something that's contrary to His Word, what He's already said. I remember hearing a woman one time in a conversation say, I I think God is leading me to leave my husband. God will not tell you to do something contradictory to His Word. I think God's leading me to do this. God will not lead you into sin. So he will not contradict his word. He still speaks. And he speaks specifically. He tells us to do something. And he's specific about it. And he was specific to Jonah. He gave him two instructions already right there in those first couple of verses. He says, first of all, arise. Arise. Get up. Go to Nineveh. And he also gives him a second thing to do. He says, go to Nineveh and cry out against it. Now, you may not know about Nineveh. You might have to do a little research about Nineveh. Nineveh was a great city. As a matter of fact, historians say it probably was the preeminent city on the planet, on earth. The preeminent city at the time. It was a pagan city. It was full of great wealth, full of great power, full of a lot of people. I mean, what comes to my mind in 2023, I'm thinking maybe New York City, Atlanta. Some big city where a lot of people were. But most of those people did not know Jesus. It was a pagan land. And the Lord comes to Jonah and says, I want you to pack up your bags. I want you to go, number one. And number two, I want you to cry out against that city, against the sin in that city. How would you like that assignment? I mean, it would be much like going to pick your city, Greenville, Atlanta, Charlotte. Go downtown, stand in the streets and start yelling out when you see people sinning. And all the sin that you know is going on in, in that city and in our world. In this Sanctity of Life month that we find ourselves, the month of January, I think about people who uh, are so passionate as we should be about life, who go and stand in front of pregnancy resource centers and shout out and crowd against the sin of abortion. Now, you may or may not agree with that method. Sometimes that's a good method, sometimes not. But it's kind of similar to what God is telling Jonah to do right here. Go out to this city, stand in the street, cry cry out against the sin that's happening. And I started thinking about that. And I, as you know, asked myself a question. Do we even, as believers, do we even cry out against sin anymore? Or have we, have I, gotten so comfortable with it that we just keep our mouths shut? Church family, i got to tell you, the day's coming. In my lifetime and in your lifetime, it's probably been here for a while. Where if we don't cry out against the sin that we see happening, you think culture is bad now? Hang on. Hang on. Now, the methodology that you use to do that probably needs to differ depending on the situation. But Jonah was told by God to go to this city and to cry out against the sin that was going on. And city of this huge uh, city, it was the capital, by the way, of the Syrian Empire. It was large. It was a prominent city. It was not uh, a city dedicated to God at all. It was a pagan uh, city. And, And his responsibility, his job was to go and to call that city to repentance, back to follow God. Ancient historians say this Nineveh was, again, the foremost city at the time. It was a large, dominating empire. 
surely an intimidating place to go. Have you ever been called or asked to do something intimidating? Something that caused you to have to move out of your comfort zone? Church family, we're in the middle of one of those times, I believe, as a church. It, it, God is calling us out of our comfort zone, to do, comfort zone to do some things that if God doesn't show up, we're in trouble. I know that scares some of us. Is it just me? Am I the only one scared? But you know what? It's the most exciting way to live. Because everything is dependent upon the creator of the world to come through on what he's already promised he's going to do. Just to give you a quick update, we had a quick meeting this week with the uh, Department of Transportation. If you were here last week, you heard about that. If you weren't here last week, you need to listen to the podcast and catch up because you were missed. And there were, I think, 12 or 13 representatives from general contractors of people who will be doing the road work around the community. And uh, they will bid about uh, the, the uh, ability to be able to win getting to do the job on the road work that has to be done. And we had a wonderful friend named Clay who's with the DOT who helped pull all that together to let the people know that any dirt that they needed, we have lots of dirt. I think it was 16,000 cubic something or another out here of dirt that's going to have to be moved. And Lord willing, his timing is going to save our church several hundred thousand dollars and maybe even make some. I don't know. We'll see. Ronnie is uh, helping investigate that over the next few weeks. What does that remind me of? It reminds me that God knows what He's doing. Even when I don't know what He's doing. And when He calls us to do something, He's got it already all figured out. And Jonah didn't know this. Jonah was walking around with this beautiful outfit on. I don't know what he had on. I don't know. I wasn't there. But he was walking around and God told him to do something and he was nervous. He was nervous about the consequences. He was nervous about how he was going to be treated. He was scared about what might happen. He's going to go to this pagan city. Lord, surely this is not you. He responded actually a little bit differently than if you remember how Abram responded. Genesis chapter 12. God told Abram, pack up your bags, all your relatives, everything. Leave this land and go to a place I will show you. And four verses later it says, Abram went. A little bit different reaction here from Jonah. God says go. Verse 3, Jonah got up, but he didn't go where God said to go. God is still speaking. And he's calling people to do what maybe some other people will say are crazy things. I have a question for you this morning. What is God calling you to do? I believe as many people that are in this room, there are that many things God is calling us to do individually. And maybe for some of us, God's been calling us to do that for weeks, months, maybe even years, and we've yet to say yes to whatever it is God's calling us to do. Maybe we're nervous about what's going to happen. Maybe we're worried about what people are going to say. Maybe we're fearful of what the results are going to be. I want to encourage you, church family, if you want to see, and I do, revival come to Crossroads Baptist Church, if all of us do what God tells us to do, I promise you, you'll see revival happen. You'll see that soul on fire that we sung about to start the service this morning. You'll see it when we all agree to do what God has called us to do. I believe God's calling some people in our church family to do some things that maybe are radical. Maybe if you had the privilege to come up here and share some of those, the rest of the congregation, you might freak us out a little bit. You might inspire us. You might actually have somebody else that would go, wow, 
God's calling me to actually do the same thing. Maybe we need to do that together. It's remarkable what happens when we start to talk about what God has called us to do. And Jonah was called to do something incredible. Why he went in a different direction, we don't know. We know this. We know in verse 2, the Bible tells us that God had told him to arise and to go and to cry out against the wickedness that had come before God. So maybe he was nervous about going to this place because of the wickedness. God wanted Jonah to go because of this wickedness. And, you know, and what's the reality is none of the wickedness of mankind is hidden from God. God sees it. God knows it. And God is burdened that people who don't know him would come to know him. That's one of the reasons God tells Jonah to go. Do you and I have that burden for people? God had a burden for the world and for these people in this place called Nineveh. If you were here last week, you know that I challenged our church congregation. My prayer is that between now and the end of the year, we would see 60 people, that's 20%, at least of active folks in our church, 60 people on mission for God. Locally, regionally, or on an international trip, 60 of us. Is that you? God has a heart for the world. God has a heart for Greer, Simpsonville, Fountain Inn, but God has a heart for the world. There's no place too far away to go tell people about the love of God. I would ask you, by the way, if you would, to be praying for our friend Pastor Mark Zimbiri in uh, Malawi, Africa. I haven't even got to share this with Gretchen or Joey, uh, who have been over there. Uh, Their vocational school was broken into this week. Uh, Two of the guards that kind of watch everything to make sure nobody steals it were, were slashed with machetes and almost lost their lives and tons of things stolen. And that's an area of the world that needs Jesus. That's an area of the world that has the DNA of Crossroads Baptist Church all over that community. So praise the Lord for that. They need to know God. They need to know God in Greer. They need to know God in Greenville. People need to know God. That's why God said to Jonah, go. It wasn't because he needed a Royal Caribbean vacation. That's not why he said to go. He told him to go because he knew the people needed to hear the truth of God. And yet... Jonah decides to flee. And when I read that, that he rose up and he went to Tarshish. By the way, if you look on a map, some of you will know this. Nineveh was about 500 miles from Palestine. Uh, Tarshish was in the opposite direction, about 2,000 miles west of Palestine. So it's almost like God said, Jonah, I want you to go this way. And Jonah said... Thank you very much. It went in the opposite direction. Almost three times the length of the journey in the opposite direction. He was going as far away from what God had called him to do as possible. And it just reminds me, when God speaks uh, to me, when God speaks to you, when God speaks to our church family, we, we do have an option. God did not create us as robots. Aren't you happy? God created us with free will to choose. We have an option. We can say, okay, God, you're telling me to do that. I will do it. Or we can say to God, no, I'm not going to do it. And let me just tell you, in my short life, I've learned saying no to God is not a good thing. (laughs) It's not a good thing. But we have an option to decide what we're going to do. And Jonah arose... The Bible says he went to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, which was a well-known 
port. He went to Joppa and he found this ship going to Tarshish and he paid the fare and he got on the ship and he went down inside the ship and thought, oh, I'm hidden from God now. He doesn't know I'm on this ship going in the opposite direction. You ever felt that way? Some of you are looking at me like you've never felt the way I felt that way. Or God's told me to do something and I felt, he can't see me. Maybe he'll pick somebody else. Oh my goodness. We make excuses sometimes to do what God has called us to do. So my question I wrote down for me this week is, Jack, what's your excuse? Jonah was a reluctant prophet. Didn't want to do what God told him to do. Have you ever been reluctant to do what God has told you to do? I remember times God's told us to move. I remember God's told us our family times to sell things, change careers, change uh, ministry opportunities to do this or that, to give this to somebody. To, I mean, we, we, all have, we all could list those things sometimes that God specifically calls us to do and times hopefully we've said yes and times where we've missed it and we've said no and we have reaped the fruit or we've reaped the consequences. And when God speaks, we all have an option and an opportunity to respond. What, what excuses do we make sometimes in not doing what God calls us to do? Jonah, I'm not sure what his excuse was. It may have been, if you go back into the book of Nahum, Nahum chapter 3, it may have been because it was a very difficult job to do. And Nahum, the book of Nahum tells us a lot about Nineveh and uh, how wicked the people were. And if you think that somehow in 2023, America has created some new wickedness, I'm sorry to tell you, no, we haven't. It just seems more prominent. People back in the Bible days were doing things just as wicked as you see today. And that's what was happening in Nineveh where Jonah was getting ready to be sent. So maybe Jonah was like, that, that's too difficult of a job. I'm going to go there and I'm going to be made fun of. You want me to walk in the middle of the streets and say, prepare the way of the Lord like John the Baptist and want, call people to repentance? No. That's a difficult task. I don't know. Maybe it was because Jonah really did not want the Assyrians to escape God's judgment. You say, how can you say that, Pastor Jack? Glad you asked. We're going to find out when we get to chapter 4. Jonah starts basically screaming at God, saying, I told you that if I came here, the people would not repent. I told you that's why I didn't want to come here, because these people are so hard-headed, stubborn, a bunch of pagans. I knew they weren't going to listen to me. You realize that one of the reasons he didn't want to go is because he didn't really think that they would become followers of God. He really didn't think that they deserved to escape God's judgment. It's almost like if you can imagine someone who was a Jew walking down the streets of New York, maybe right after World War II, and hearing God say, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring some judgment on Germany. I want you to pack your bags and leave New York and go to Berlin and go tell Nazi Germany to repent. It's kind of the same thing. Instead, the man gets on a on a, in San Francisco, gets on a boat and heads to Hong Kong, goes in the opposite direction. This is, a radical, this is a radical thing that Jonah is being asked to do when you think about it. And yet, maybe he was not really wanting the people to come to deliverance. Maybe he was wanting them to experience the wrath of God. Are you, are you like that? Have I ever been like that? Have you ever thought, those people are so evil and so bad. I hope they get what they deserve. 
Probably all of us. I've been that way. Probably all of us have said that or have maybe felt that. And yet those are the people who most need the mercy and the grace of Jesus. You've ever watched a newscast or maybe you've seen something on television where somebody has just done some unbelievable act of terror or murder? Or you think about the, the Boston Marathon, the guy who went in there and blew up everything. Or you think about somebody who's done some massive amount of destruction. And sometimes our response, okay, I'll be honest. Y'all are looking at me this morning like, like, like I'm the only one being honest in here. Come on, I, y'all be honest with me. You look at some of that and you're thinking, they deserve to burn in hell. Look at what they did. You know what? If they receive the grace and mercy of Jesus, i got a surprise announcement for you. They're going to be walking the streets of gold right beside you if they receive the grace and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus and if they repent. Some don't, y'all don't look too happy about that. And the reality is, your sin and mine is the same. There's no categories of sin. What God was trying to get Jonah to understand is you, you're experiencing, you know who I am. You've received the word of the Lord before because here it is coming again. I'm calling you to do this. And if your fear is you're going to go share with somebody who really doesn't deserve it, and you're going to, we're going to find out as we go through the book of Jonah, God is basically saying, Jonah, you don't deserve it either. It's a free gift. Mercy and grace, a free gift from Jesus. We can speculate all day long on why Jonah didn't do what God wanted him to do, but maybe the better thing to speculate on is, why don't I do what God wants me to do? Why don't you do what God wants you to do? And we all can give different excuses and different reasons. God told Jonah to go, and basically to go and to preach, and here's the interesting thing about it. Every one of us who's received Christ and his mercy and grace has the same exact command Jonah was given. That is to go and tell people about the word of the Lord, to tell people about Christ. And Jonah has, now, now as believers, we have this great example that we will be going through over the next few weeks of Jonah. We have an, a, even a less of a reason to disobey or to say no to God because we're going to see what happens when you say no to the mighty king of the world when he wants you to do something. So I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe God's calling you to step out and do something and you can have a couple of different reactions. You can say yes and do what he's calling you to do or you can say no. You can go in the opposite direction. You can flee from what God has called you to do. I'm excited this morning that as a church family, I believe God has called us to a similar difficult task with what our church is undertaking. And I'm excited that our church has said, as a church family, we've said, yes, Lord, despite the difficulty that it may be and the challenges that may come, we're going to listen to you and we're going to obey and we're going to say yes. That, that is exciting. This morning, if you are, uh, have been a part of our church family, maybe in the last 14, 16 months, you've become a part of our church family. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes, like most of our church family has already done. You know, today, one of the other things about today is today is Pledge Sunday. Pledge Sunday, you may be new, you may be visiting in the last few weeks, and you're wondering, what is that about? Many people in our church, the vast majority 
a little over a year ago. God spoke to us like he did to Jonah and called us out to go to do something, which is our children's building and a new welcome area, a new vestibule, a new area to gather together in a new kitchen. All that will be over here. And if you want to see those plans, we'll have them back down here next Sunday. Uh, and also to repurpose all the children's space that we have now for adult space. God called us to do that a little over a year ago. And we had our first pledge Sunday with folks who were part of our church family at the time. And uh, several hundred thousand dollars, I can't remember the amount, I think it was six hundred plus thousand dollars was pledged by our church family over three years to do what God has called us to do. And if you are visiting this morning, we welcome you to participate. Or if you've joined in the last uh, few months, the last 12 or 14 months since we had that service, uh, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to be a part of that. In, in the back this morning, there's a couple of couple pieces of paper. There's a card back there that if you've not filled out one of these, I would encourage you to fill one of these out. And a big, bright yellow envelope. Why yellow? Because it's not orange and it's not black or garnet and we didn't want to get an argument going. It's easily seen. I want to encourage you to grab one of these cards in an envelope at the back and fill that out and just drop it in the box back there on the wall. Because church family, I will tell you this and we'll discover this even more as we go through the book of Jonah. We cannot do collectively as a church family what God has called us to do. Half-hearted. Or halfway. We need everybody. We need everybody. Every position is important. The dollar amount is irrelevant that God's called you to give. Because God in His incredible providence will add up all the nickels, dimes, and pennies and get us to where we need to be. So it's really not about the dollar amount, it's about your heart and being a part of the team this morning. So I want to encourage you, if you have not yet participated, or maybe you've been here for several years and you weren't able to participate for whatever reason a little over a year ago, grab one of those and fill it out. It will help our church in planning. We have a lot of things happening over the next year and it will be a tremendous help as we plan together. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this reminder as we start the study in Jonah that we have, because you've not created us as robots, we have the option, the opportunity, and the free will to decide, are we going to do what you've called us to do or are we going to say no? Lord, I thank you for the friends in this building who have said yes to Jesus. Lord, I know already the path has been difficult. And we're not, we're not too far down the road yet, but we're, we're moving, we're making progress. Lord, I thank you that you give us the opportunity to partner with you, to choose to partner with you. Lord, I, I believe beyond, beyond the building that's coming, Beyond space for more people that you're sending, Lord. Those are huge things. Beyond those things. I believe, God, you are still speaking in 2023. I believe you're still speaking to many people in our church family. And you're, you're saying, hey, maybe you should consider helping do this, do that. You're calling us out to do things. Lord, would you be specific so that we know that the voice that we're hearing is from you and not a plan that we ourselves have come up with. Would you be specific? 
Holy Spirit, I pray right now, even as my friends are praying in this room, if there's something that you're calling us to do, would you just specifically tell each and every person in this room right now what it is? Maybe it's to teach a small group or a Sunday school class. Maybe it's to lead some missions effort. Maybe it's to start some new outreach in our church. Maybe it's to be the husband or wife that you've called us to be. It can be big or small. I don't know what it is. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts right now? Maybe for some of us, it's to surrender our life to Jesus for the first time. We've never said yes to you. We know about you, but you're not our master or our Lord. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this room that doesn't have that relationship with you, Jesus, that you would speak to them right now and say, I'm calling you to me. Lord, help them to say yes. Church family, I'm going to ask if you will just to spend a few moments in prayer. If you find yourself here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's simply just saying yes to him. Saying, Lord, I surrender all. Have your way. I give my life to you. And if that's a prayer of your heart, you want somebody to pray with you and just encourage you, I'll be here at the front. We'd love to receive you this morning. Maybe you've been visiting Crossroads for some time and you're like, I, 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 today's a Sunday. I need to put my roots down and say, I'm going to officially become a part of this church family. We would love for you to do that. Maybe this morning it's something else. Maybe God's calling you to do something and you need to come down to the altar, to the front, and kneel and just say, Lord, I'm saying yes today to whatever that thing is. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have a closing song, an invitation song, and give you that opportunity. I'm going to invite you to respond to what God has said to you. Don't push Him away today. Don't push Him away. Church family, one of my new commitments to the Lord is from now on, to the best of my ability in this new year, When Jesus says to do something, I'm going to do it as crazy and as ridiculous as his request may be. I'm going to say yes. Would you do that this morning? Father, I pray you'd have your way. We give this time to you and pray you'd speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? invite you to come and respond as Joey leads us in our closing song this morning. If God's spoken to your heart, I pray that you would respond as he leads you today. Let's sing together. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.